0: Few names have cast more terror into the human heart than that of Dracula. The legendary vampire created by author Bram Stoker in his 1897 novel has inspired countless horror movies, television shows, and other blood-curdling tales of vampires. Dracula may be a purely fictional creation, however, Stoker reportedly named his infamous character after a real person who had a taste for blood. Vlad III, Prince of Wallachia, or as he is better known, Vlad the Impaler. Hello and welcome to the season finale of Infamous Individuals. I am Morgan, your guide on this audio adventure, and joining me, as always, is my faithful steed, Dom. Hello, How hello. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be of service. <laughs> You're a steed, Dom. You're a steed. Um, so this is our season finale, five episode season. Uh, Seen so many interesting, uh, interesting and infamous individuals along the way.
1: It's a, it's a good length for a season and I I it's it's been a, a wild ride.
0: Yeah. Um and I thought we'd go out with a bang today or shall I say a fang. <laughs> Dom Yes. I go this is a loaded qu- I you know I have expectations. Okay. I, I you you sometimes surprise me. I assume <laughs> you're familiar with Dracula. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So the the whole concept. Of Dracula big,
1: scary vampire lives in a coffin from Transylvania.
0: Sparkles in the sun. Sparkles in the sun.
1: <laughs> that kind of Dracula. Capes, turns into a bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there I been mean, lots of interpretations over the years. Yes, there
0: are. Uh, are you familiar with Vlad the Impaler in any re- respect at all?
1: I have heard those three words in that order before. And to be honest, that's about it. <laughs> I don't know who Vlad the Impaler was. Totally didn't realize that he was a vampire, but it uh, sounds like this is the way that story's going.
0: <laughs> Look, it um, seemed like a good, it's a good uh, big bad to finish with. So mm. uh, we'll go into Vlad's story, which begins somewhere between 1428 and 1431. As he was old enough to be a candidate to the throne of Wallachia in 1448, his time of birth should have been around this time. He was most probably born after his father settled in Transylvania in 1429. So, as you can already tell, long time ago, not 100% sure when he was born.
1: But still, I mean, you managed to nail it down to a pretty... There's only a couple of years.
0: There's there's a couple of years in there, but it's like saying, look, I might be 27 or I might be 30.
1: (laughs) I mean, some days, I'm not sure (laughs) of my own age, so... It happened. that's fine.
0: Uh, Vlad was the second of four brothers, born into the noble family of Vlad II, Dracul, Uh, Vlad II had won the moniker Dracul from his membership in the Order of the Dragon, a militant fraternity founded by the Holy Roman Emperor Sigismund. Sigismund. (laughs) I butchered that. (laughs) The Order of the Dragon was dedicated to holding the Ottoman advance into Europe. So it's like a cool order you get That's to be a, a part very cool. of. The order of the dragon. Yeah, wait. Hell cool, yeah. Um, well, um, do
1: you do you have a list of the other orders that were available at the time?
0: Uh no. I, I. The only other order I can think of this kind of is the order of the Garda. which order, is it. Order British of the thing. Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix the is theme. a book. Uh, there, I guess the order exists in the book though. In the book. Uh, <laughs> situated between Christian Europe and the Muslim lands of the Ottoman Empire, Transylvania and Wallachia were frequently the scene of bloody battles as the Ottoman. Forces pushed westward into Europe, and uh, Christian Crusaders repulsed the invaders or marched eastward toward the Holy Land. So, kind of like stuck in the middle.
1: Yeah. There's a proper bloodbath
0: area. Yeah. I mean, bloody area. Yeah. Maybe a good spot for a vampire. For a vampire, uh, yes. Vlad III would later be known as the son of Dracul, or in Old Romanian, Draculia. Ooh, that, sounded, that sounded pretty close to a Dracula. name we're all familiar with. <laughs> Uh, In 1442, Vlad II was called to a diplomatic meeting with Sultan Murad II, and he brought his sons Vlad III and Radu along. But the meeting was actually a trap. All three were arrested and held hostage. The elder Vlad was released under the condition that he leave his sons behind as collateral to assure the Sultan that their father, in a reversal of his previous position, would support Ottoman policies. Okay. So it's blackmail, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You go back and you will support us now because we have your kids. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of, yeah, hostage or kind of like guests depends because under the Ottomans, <laughs> uh, Vlad and his brother were both tutored in science, philosophy, and the arts. Mm. Uh, Vlad also became a skilled horseman and warrior. Um, so you know, they were getting a bit of tutoring there, but also, according to some accounts, he may have also been imprisoned and tortured for part of that mm. time. So, bit of you know, maybe they imprisoned, tortured him, and then they were like, no, nah, let's. Treat him. I don't know. Don't know what order. Also conflicting accounts because it was so long ago. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this seems reasonable, sort of like prisoner of war kind of stuff. Like this is what happens: is a bit of yeah. torturing that can and happen. Like maybe but, they're treating him well, but know. then
0: his dad does something. It's like, oh, well, we're going mm. to torture your kid now because you didn't listen to us when you should have. Who knows? Uh, to be a prisoner of war, I don't know the experience. No. The rest of Vlad's family during this time, however, were much worse off. Uh, his father was ousted as ruler of Wallachia by local nobles and was killed in 1447. Uh, Vlad's older brother, Mercia, was tortured, blinded, and buried alive. My goodness. So, like, uh, a bit of overkill there. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're being buried alive, the blinded, probably, you're already going to be pitch black. I don't know what the thinking was there, but I guess inflicting pain, potentially.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, well, hmm. I guess it depends how long the burying alive happens.
0: I mean, they didn't have excavators, so it was shovels, I assume.
1: But I mean, like you can bury someone alive and then unbury them.
0: That's true. You can, yeah, you can pull them in and out.
1: It just seems like they do. Just they tried every trick in the book. Sometimes you got the torture book.
0: Yep. Yeah. Get all that. I don't know if they needed information. Who knows? Maybe just for fun. Torture, Man, torture can also be for fun. <laughs> it's
1: not the lesson we want to get out of this podcast.
0: Uh, so Vlad was freed from Ottoman captivity shortly after his family's death in 1448. Uh, having been informed of the assassination of his father and elder brother at the hands of the Wallachian nobles the year before, he then embarked upon the first of a lifelong series of campaigns to regain his father's seat from the new ruler, Vladislav II. His opponents also included the treacherous nobles, as well as his younger brother, who was supported by the Ottoman Sultan He emerged briefly victorious in 1448 But was deposed after only two months When Vladislav II returned And took back the throne of Wallachia So you're gonna What you're gonna get here? Is there's Because they are in between of all these mm. wars A lot of shifts in power A lot of uh, backstabbing A lot of uh, back and forth A lot of revenge going yeah. on uh, A lot of uh, It's kind of like a soap <laughs> uh, A daytime soap <laughs> opera uh, in 1453, the city of Constantinople fell to the Ottomans, threatening all of Europe with an invasion. Vlad was charged with leading a force to defend Wallachia from an invasion. His 1456 battle to protect his homeland was victorious, and legend holds that he personally beheaded his opponent, Vladislav II, in one-to-one combat. So, uh, pretty good at the old fighting. It's a way to win a fight. Beheaded.
1: Yeah. My I, goodness.
0: I mean, it's, it's the dramatic way to do it. In one-to-one
1: combat, too, because like it's one thing to like behead a dude after a fight, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's another to behead a dude that's, during a fight. That's the finishing
0: move. That's the that's the finisher. <laughs> there is there is no argument about who won that. K.O. <laughs> so after an eight-year struggle, Vlad claimed the Voivodat. Uh, a Voivodat is an area which, surprise, surprise, is governed by a Voivode. Mm -hmm. A Vavoyd is a local governor or ruler in Central or Eastern Europe. There you go. Uh, It was during this period of rule that he committed the atrocities for which he was best known. Mm. To consolidate the power as Vavoyd, Vlad needed to quell the incessant conflicts that historically taken place between Wallachia's nobles. These are the ones that kept backstabbing and Mm. killed his father and stuff. So according to legend that circulated after his death, Vlad invited hundreds of these nobles to a banquet. Uh, and knowing they would challenge his authority, had his guests stabbed and their still twitching bodies impaled on spikes.
1: Hence the Impaler. Yeah, well,
0: you're going to get a lot of examples of that. Um, (gasps) He inflicted this type of torture on foreign and domestic enemies alike. Notably, as he retreated from battle in 1462, he left a field filled with thousands of impaled victims as a deterrent to the pursuing Ottoman forces. My goodness, what a sight. Like, I can... Look, it's effective. If I'm like chasing <laughs> after an army and they've just left behind all these impaled bodies, I'd be thinking twice. I'd be like, I don't want to go that way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, well,
0: can, we, can we just try something else? Yeah. Do like, we have do enough do land. Do we really need more land? I don't know. These are just some of the many gruesome events that earned Vlad his posthumous nickname, Vlad the Impaler. Succinct. Uh, I think it tells the whole story. <laughs> You get you get an impression of this guy. It is it is a wonderfully de- uh, descriptive title. Like right? you're out with a friend and uh, you're at a party and there's a guy in the corner mm. and they're like, "Who's that?" And like, "Oh, that's Vlad um, the Impaler." You instantly know, <laughs> probably not going near that guy. Tonight. It's not a dude you want to cross. <laughs> no. Uh, you you ask why, but you you kind
1: of know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, he impales. What are you? What do you mean?
0: Yeah, uh, it's pretty pretty uh, self-explanatory. Uh, Stories such as these are documented in printed material from around the time of Vlad III's rule. According to Elizabeth Miller, author of Dracula, Sense and Nonsense, in the 1460s and 1470s, just after the invention of the printing press, a lot of these stories about Vlad were circulated orally, and then they were put together by different individuals in pamphlets and printed. Whether or not these stories are wholly true or significantly embellished is debatable. After all, many of those printing the pamphlets were hostile to Vlad III, but some of the pamphlets from this time tell almost the exact same gruesome stories about Vlad. This leads Miller to believe that the tales are at least partially historically accurate. They corroborate each other.
1: So some impaling happened.
0: Yeah, there was impaling.
1: How much definitely. or to what extent, who knows. But there was definitely
0: <laughs> some impaling. Some of these legends were also collected in a published in a book, The Tale of Dracula in 1490, by a monk who presented Vlad III as a fierce but just ruler. I mean, I guess it depends who he impaled.
1: Yes. Yeah. It really, really depends on what side you're on, I guess. Yeah,
0: it's uh, as it always is with war. Depends what side you're on. Vlad's victories over the invading Ottomans were celebrated throughout Wallachia, Transylvania, and the rest of Europe. Even Pope Pius II was impressed. But Vlad also earned a much darker reputation. On one occasion, he reportedly dined among a veritable forest of defeated warriors writhing on impaled bodies. So Writhing on impaled poles So Here's the thing, right
1: I, I, like You got land to defend, right And the impaling It's gruesome and it's brutal But I guess it's effective And it's, and you know It really does send a message, right
0: The dining amongst the impaled Well, there's, there's, look There's, there's doing your job and then there's enjoying doing a job a little too much.
1: <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? Right? It's like, like there is there's like Vlad who works as an impaler, but then there's Vlad the impaler. The, the, that's, that's the hobbyist the distinction, right? <laughs> it's Like, do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life.
0: Yeah, but in that regard, it's also not known whether tales of Vlad the Third Dracula dipping his bread in the blood of his victims are true. But stories about his unspeakable sadism swirled throughout Europe. So it's like, there are stories here. Mm. And we don't know how true they are. But you can definitely get the sense that this guy was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: S- stuff happened. Yeah. Impaling happened.
0: Definitely for sure.
1: Definitely the impaling. Yeah. Um, but and probably also some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, in total, Vlad is estimated to have killed about 80,000 people through various means. This includes some 20,000 people who were impaled and put on display outside the city of Taga The sight was so repulsive that the invading Ottoman sultan Mehmet II, after seeing the scale of Vlad's carnage and the thousands of decaying bodies being picked apart by crows, turned back and retreated to Constantinople. So you know what? Look, I, it's a deterrent. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty pretty good warning sign, right? Yeah. it's it's weird, it, And this is unknown. It's whether it's just like, if you're doing that for just people who are just living their lives, that's probably... That's not, that's not brilliant. But no, if it's no. like a... If it's like a... You stole some bread.
1: It depends who's getting no impaled. No one's
0: stealing bread after that.
1: Like, impaling invading forces.
0: Yeah, a lot of it is prisoners of war. Like, there are... Like, that 20,000, I believe, was prisoners of war. And so... The, it's the it's army's coming and they're seeing their, their countrymen impaled at the front it's of
1: the definitely system. a grey area. Yeah. At the very <laughs>
0: least. Not long after the retreat and impalement of Ottoman prisoners of war, that was previously mentioned, mm-hmm. Vlad was forced into exile in Hungary. Wonder why. Uh, unable to defeat his much more powerful adversary, Mehmet II. Vlad was imprisoned for a number of years during this exile, though during the same time he married and had two children. So thing isn't, things aren't going all bad. I
1: mean, exiled is probably the best of the the possible punishments for a,
0: I think that, like, a tyrannical rule. Personally, for me, at this point, it's like, I've done a lot of stuff. I'm exiled. I've got a family. It's like, I'm going to put my impaling instruments away. I'm packing mm-hmm. them down. I'm, uh, I'm going to retire. Unless I'm called back into action at the last moment. Like, mm-hmm. crack open the... Uh, go to the rug, pull the rug back. There's a secret door. Open it, and all my impaling instruments are down there. Yeah, yeah. I imagine pikes or something. I'm trying to think of what the word would be. It spikes. Yeah. Or my I'm, wooden I'm not sure, spikes. Like, yeah. Or I just or, or I live in a wooden house and I rip one of the walls and it's just my house is built out of spikes. Does
1: he? When you when one impales, do you bring your own thing to impale with, or do you you know impale someone on? I think you existing you, think infrastructure.
0: You start out. You work with what's around you. Mm-hmm. But then, like he's got this image, so like you'd think he'd work impaling into like his image, like his house would have spikes on it, his yeah, castle. He'd yeah. have spikes
1: everywhere, just ready to go.
0: Yeah, because that's all part of the image. It's like the more it's like at the point where it's like, look at all those empty spikes. Look at that empty spike. That could be for me. <laughs> <laughs> that I could be on that
1: spike. Just Impale at a moment's notice.
0: It's a it's a mental game.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: so in 1476, with the support of the Vovoid of Moldovia... Stephen the Great. I uh, don't know why he was called that. Apparently, he was great. Mm. Uh, Vlad would made...
1: I, I imagine those, that that's exactly why he was called that. His
0: name was Stephen, and he was great. I, I will say, of all the names in this, he stands out as the most. Just Stephen the Great. He's Stephen. <laughs> he is great. It's not like Vlad the Impaler or like Vlad of Wallachia. It's Stephen the Great. The Great. It's very. Uh, you know, I'll, I like him immediately. <laughs> Vlad made one last effort to reclaim his seat as ruler of Wallachia. He successfully stole back the throne, but his triumph was short-lived. Later that year, while marching to yet another battle with the Ottomans, Vlad and a small vanguard of soldiers were ambushed and Vlad was killed. So uh, his reign of terror did come to an end. Uh, By some reports, his head was delivered to Mehmet II in Constantinople as a trophy to be displayed above the city's gates. Because I guess they didn't have gift shops at the time, so that was like the best thing. (laughs) Apparently they also didn't have impaling equipment
1: because that, that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, I, I do, mean, right?
0: <laughs> like, what do we do with Vlad the Impaler? You impale him.
1: Obviously, in a, in a cruel twist of irony, that's exactly what you're supposed to do.
0: Apparently, the thing you also do is like you behead your enemy. Like you, you kill yes. him, around, but then like you, may, if you're having the fight, you if there's but, a killing blow but it's through the heart, you have to ignore it and try and wait it's for a the head to. Two beheading story. Yeah, it's double beheading. <laughs> <laughs> that's pr- that's the most beheadings we've ever had on an It really is. <laughs> So that's that's his life, mm. and you can kind of get a sense of maybe why yeah. he inspired Dracula. Now I did say that at the top of this episode, but um, it may not have been entirely accurate. <gasps> um, it's so according to Dracula: Sense and Nonsense mm-hmm. by Elizabeth Miller that we mentioned previously. In 1890, Stoker did read a book about Wallachia, mm-hmm. although it reportedly may or may not have mentioned Vlad the Third. Stoker was apparently struck by the word Dracula. He wrote in his notes in Wallachian language means devil. It is therefore likely that Stoker may have chosen to name his character Dracula for the words devilish associations rather than the sadistic tendencies of Vlad the Impaler, but we will never know for sure, and I think it makes it a pretty damn good story. Definitely.
1: I, I, mean, like, I think he did a cheeky cut and paste. He just went, Clearly, Dracula is too good of a word to not use right yeah and i uh, you know maybe maybe there's some stuff rattling around in there you know mostly the blood and the transylvania but you know the definitely the um the the you know vlad the impaler vlad the impaler is dracula i can i can, I can see how that happens
0: for sure yeah i like when you think about it, you impale people on, on spikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what if what are fangs, if not two tiny little spikes in your mouth? Yes. And you impale them into people's necks.
1: Yes. I mean, I see no flaws. Yeah.
0: Um, but I think we can both agree that Vlad the Impaler was a bad dude. Dracula, also a bad dude. Yeah. Um, so, look, if, if there's one thing that connects them, it's that they're both bad dudes who liked to they're both blood. And they're both called Dracula. Yeah, they're both called Dracula, uh, Dracul, or yeah, you know, cool name. Uh, but yeah, that that's the uh, that brings us to the end of season one. It's been a pretty fun season. Uh, this is the season finale, of course, and uh, if all goes well, we'll be back for a season two, hopefully. But if you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review. Mm-hmm. Please tell your friends. Word of mouth is a great way to spread around uh, and help spread infamy. And mm. um, so that's what this podcast is about: infamy. So. Uh, please uh, let your friends know uh, if you would like to, uh, if we do do another season, if you would like to hear any specific episodes, if there's people you think are infamous you'd love to hear about, let us know. Mm-hmm. You can message us at Trap on Instagram and Facebook or email us at podcast at um, Dom, have you enjoyed season one?
1: I have enjoyed it immensely. I You've have learned, learned a about lot. so many infamous people and uh, honestly quite a lot of... Um, like useful crime techniques. Well, the thing and, is, though, we're learning where they went wrong. Things, yeah, exactly, right. Like, the best criminals remain infamous and unknown. So there's the infamous, but not the individual. So we are we are going through trying to grasp ex- exactly that, where they went wrong, and and the mistakes that these people made, so that perhaps we can become infamous, but not so individual.
0: Yeah, we will. Become mysteriously infamous. Yes. On the internet, on a podcast where we are very... Correct. <laughs> don't,
1: don't commit crimes. <laughs> don't friends. commit
0: crimes, kids. Uh, and if you're going to do do it, do it properly so you don't get caught. Yes. And if you don't get caught, it doesn't lead back to us. And then we don't, you know, help help a brother out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you again for listening. Thank you, Dom, for uh, being my noble steed throughout this season. You've carried me the distance. You're not enjoying that analogy. I <laughs>
1: I think it's offensive to you. <laughs> it's just like, it was like, oh, hi, Dom, you're carrying the show. <laughs> so really it's a real identity. It's my role here. <laughs> Thank you, Morgan, for telling me and, and everyone about these very, very interesting stories.
0: Infamous individuals. Good night. This has been a Spiky Trap Radio production. For more Spiky Trap Radio content, please head to spikytrap.com.